ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Make me feel good. Make, Make me, me feel, feel good. good. The podcast. A hug for your ears. For a dance on a train, I will generally enter the train. I'll let the train settle before anything happens. Just let people feel like it's another normal day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will stand up and announce in the most respectful way possible. Uh, I'm going to start a small dance party. And if you want to join, you're more than welcome. If you just want to watch or clap, uh, that's also equally okay. All right? Thanks, guys. Peter Sharp is a professional flash mobber of sorts. He runs an organisation that puts on these stunts. Train choirs, dance parties, eye contact sit-ins in the CBD. He's all about disrupting the everyday. And then just start, like, busting a move in a, a bit of, like, a goofy, fun way. Like, I don't want to take it too seriously as well. Sure enough, strangers will quite often be willing to at least clap along, but uh, once a few people start getting up, it does turn into many more and wow. it's this beautiful moment where people are just buzzing. And this one woman, she almost missed her stop. She was having so much fun. Oh, great. She's like, this is great. Do you guys do this often? She almost missed her stop. She had to run off the train, grab her bag and then head off to her day. In 2014, a video of Peter's train dance party racked up millions of views online. And he took this idea and organised train choirs all around the world. Good morning. I would like to take this opportunity to wish you all a very happy Monday and a very, very happy week ahead. So this morning, we're going to sing a song and we'd love you to join in. So we brought lyrics. England, Brazil, Greece, Tanzania. You never know what's going to happen when you pull a stunt like this in public. On a train party in Barcelona, Peter thought the whole thing would be shut down. As we're dancing and having a good old time and lots of laughter and joy, I noticed that a security guard had been called onto the train, but he entered at the up the carriage a little bit and he was trying to make his way through all these joyful people and everybody was singing out loud like just singing for joy and he had to kind of like move past all these people and then by the time he got to me where I had the sound um, you know he asked if, if we could, he'd been asked to stop it and I was like do you really want to stop this um, and he looked around and he's like oh, just alright finish quickly if you can (laughs) he decided to let us like keep going and um you know he'd been told to shut it down but when he got there he could tell like no one was drunk no one was causing a massive like pain to anyone else Mm -hmm. and he actually got off the train and let us continue for like another couple of stops which was absolutely gorgeous and that has happened many times in my life where people thought they were going to shut us down maybe but then they get there and they're like this is so lovely like i don't know if i, I don't know if i want to be the one who shuts this down you us in the first carriage come on now there's a little thing 
Peter grew up in this playful household. We had a massive dress-up box and we'd always bring different friends around and be like, should we go hit the dress-up box? And they'd be like, yeah, let's hit the dress-up box. (laughs) And he started stepping outside of the box pretty early. Growing up a redhead, um, (laughs) I was already a bit weird, a little bit out of the norm. And then I started to fall in love with dance as well. And I had this kind of perplexing scenario where... You know, growing up in Australia culture, I was afraid of becoming a dancer. I was afraid of embracing that idea, especially as a man growing up and wanting to belong and be accepted as well. It's like I always moved whenever there was music and mum noticed that and supported that. But I always was like, oh, I don't want to do that. That's I couldn't do that. But she finally asked and found a way for me to do dance in a with all these other men pretty much to do like masculine dance. I think it was like around 13. That's pretty rare. Were you in a high school that thought dancing was weird? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and But once I started to find it in this other company or this other contemporary dance crew, I started to see how much it lit me up and how good I felt when I was doing that thing. Mm. And so then I actually started to embrace that. So at 13, Peter had some life lessons down pat. One, dancing was this fun, joyful thing that he really loved. Two, boys dancing, not cool in high school. And three, if he gave himself permission to break the rules, he could tap back into that joy. I loved this, like, leaping through the air, landing, rolling, that kind of energy of, like, yeah, it almost feels like limitless. A moment, a fraction in time of limitless potential. Yeah, jumping and rolling. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. He has this philosophy. He reckons most people commuting, looking at their phones, stepping into line, not talking to each other, actually do want to play or connect or break up the monotony. But he thinks we just don't have enough permission to do that. I just felt like it was logical to... Instead of waiting for an opportunity or, or only being able to express that in very small, dedicated little spaces, I thought, why don't we just try and bring a bit more openness to connection and safety in public spaces? Like, if we all kind of want it on some level, mm. what are we waiting for? Like, mm. we had an entire carriage at 7.30 in the morning on a Wednesday morning singing their hearts out. And that has happened so many times in my life. Yeah, that's sort of just kept me busy for the past 10 years.